Purple Heart Homes presents Putting the Pieces Back Together, a forum for veterans and the community to connect. Here are your hosts, veterans John Galena and Brad Borders. Well, I'm not John Galena, but I certainly have Brad Borders with me here today. We miss John. Yeah. Another secret mission. I don't I don't think he likes us anymore. The top secret SCI. Uh, <laughs> he, he he avoids us at all costs. He won't does. even come to the radio show. I can't blame him. Uh, you know He's I'd actually s- probably being very productive somewhere. I, I would say so. And, and it's it's probably one of those guilty by association things. He doesn't want to be around us. This is true. <laughs> this is true. And my dad always used to say, watch out hanging around them boys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, you uh, gotta watch the company. I, you lay down with dogs, you're gonna get some fleas. <laughs> are, are we then? Boys? Well, you are the devil dog. So oh, that's right. There yeah, could the be some dog. fleas abounding. <laughs> <laughs> There's your social media oh, post man. for the day, oh, right yeah, there. Yeah. Are you fleas abounding. Call that out every time. Yeah, every time we say something <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, we've got a great show yes. lined up for you today. Uh, we got Chief Warrant Officer Tony Flamilio. Wait, I think you just. I completely Toby Flanderson. Uh, t- yeah, Brad, who's with us today? <laughs> so, Toby, there's your social media page. Toby Flanderson. Toby Familio. Toby Familio. We went over this this morning. I know. I, I, I was expecting to butcher his last name. And <laughs> not then, his first. Not his first name. I don't even know what happened I there. Mean, I, I realized Tony and Toby are very close in the way they sound. They got some similar consonants and uh, vowels, well, but oh my gosh! You know, I was reading it off the the screen over there, and we both know I can't read. So, uh, <laughs> this is true. Hence the Marine Corps. Oh right. <laughs> hey, well, you're listening to putting the pieces back together. In case you didn't know, uh, maybe you tuned in and went, "What in the world just happened?" Uh, putting the pieces back together to show for veterans by veterans. Uh, where we try to connect the pieces of the community back together, veterans in transition, about what they did during the military. It's all presented by Purple Heart Homes. You can find out more about us at phhusa.org if you are so inclined. Oh, man. You you sounded professional there, Rob. I did. Uh, I did. Don't I, try this at home. I think I called you Rob all of a sudden. I don't even know what happened there. Are you okay? I, yeah. We might need to get me checked out. It's... <laughs> Well, we, had a, we had a little emergency yesterday at work. Oh, yeah, I, we did. You know, yeah, our, yeah. Our, one of our most awesome employees, Miss Dawn Clark, um, got all of a sudden in a bad way. And we called the fine folks at EMS and paramedics. And not only did they send paramedics with all the tools to think, to, and thankfully she's good to go and fine, but we were a little scared there for a minute. But they sent the hook and ladder truck the from the Statesville Fire truck. Department. Oh, man, that's pretty awesome. Like the whole thing. Like, not just the hook, but the ladder, too. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, and, I didn't think you could separate and those. And firefighters, that get, when they get out of the vehicle, you know, firefighters are like, oh, hey, we're here. And this one guy, I and mean, I've seen him a couple times, I can't remember his name, but he's got the coolest handlebar mustache. Comes down just like this, right? It's fantastic. He looked, if you saw him out in public, you'd go, the guy's a firefighter. That's exactly what you do. I'm just, I'm just staring at you like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we've had an exciting week. Thankfully, Dawn is okay. I'm just giving people a little behind-the-curtains look at life at Purple Heart Homes. Man, uh, and I'm I'm sure they appreciate it. But you and I think they'd appreciate even more? If we talk to our guest? I believe so. Tell me his name again. uh, So, Toby... uh, (laughs) 
Why, why don't you uh, uh, state your name and official rank uh, from from the army? Hi, good us. afternoon, everybody. Uh, Toby Famolo. Oh, is how you pronounce it. I don't think you said it right either. And that's all right. So. That's what everybody yeah. says. I'm used to it. Toby Famolo. Yep. There you go. Well, we can do. Wow. That. Yeah. Now that we know, we've been instructed. Because oh, I've been oh, I've got a seven-second be memory. Been that's, wrong. Uh, that's not happening. Toby, I've known you for a number of years. <laughs> I've been wrong my whole friendship with you. Most people I know <laughs> say it wrong, and we're just, everybody in my family's used to hearing it that way. So Okay. Well, we'll just call Let's it Famolo then. How about if we just call you Toby Famolo? That works. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Set a new standard. There I might go. not answer to it if you say it correctly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. Tell everybody about like, what was the... What was the path to joining the military? And, you know, was it a family thing? Or yeah, kind of. Yeah. My, my father was in the, uh, he was in Vietnam. He was an infantry yeah. guy in, the, in Vietnam. Uh, so growing up, he didn't tell a lot of stories, but we knew of it. And he talked about it a little bit. And then my sister joined the Army. She's uh, about three years older than me. Uh, and then going through high school, I didn't really necessarily want to go to college. So I decided, hey, I was going to give the Army a shot. And. I joined at 18 in 1996. I uh, went down to basic training in South Carolina. Lovely Fort oh. Jackson. Yes. Oh, I had so many fond <laughs> memories of that place. Yeah. Sweet place. It's uh, a new level of hot there. Uh, yeah, in the summertime. But oh, bro. I, I went in January and February. Yeah. First time they had snow in like many no years. Oh, no kidding. so Good for I, you. I, I brought it from New York <laughs> yeah. to South Carolina. I had drill sergeants when I was working. I worked there for three years. I had drill sergeants that would come to me and go, you know, I'm ready to go back to Iraq. <laughs> it's, it's, really? cool, it's cooler there. It's cooler. That's, than that's, uh, that's saying something right yeah. there. So, I what mean. was your original MOS going that you're coming out of Fort Jackson? Yeah, so I uh, signed up originally as a 37 Foxtrot, which is psychological operations specialist. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. Went to, got stationed at Fort Bragg. You analyzing us right now? No, no, okay. that, that's a long time ago. Mm. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> I'd say that too. Say it took a long time. Uh, but that is one of the reasons why I picked that job was I knew. Uh, that I was going to go to Fort Bragg. It's the only active duty unit that the Army had. That's exactly right. Uh, so yeah. Seventh POG, I think that's what it was. Well, it, at it the was, time, it was fourth POG. It was fourth it, then, okay. It, it was the only active duty POG at the time, yeah. uh, but things have expanded since I left. It was, uh, so for those that don't know, uh, psychological operations and civil affairs come underneath the th same thing in the reserve component called use of KPOC. Yep. And uh, most of all the psych stuff and all the civil affairs stuff was all in the reserve component for a number of years until we hit a little thing called 9-11. And then that started ramping up into the, uh, to the active component. So. Yeah, there was, there was a small active duty PSYOP unit for, uh, for quite a few years before that. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it's definitely much larger now. Way larger. Yeah. Yeah. And now to get into uh, CA and PSYOP, uh, you got to go through selection now. You got to yep, go really? out to Camp so, McCall and yep. and move um, apparatus around uh, lovely Pineland. Mm -hmm. so, Much more difficult and specialized than when I was there. Yeah, was, for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you would have still made it. Oh yeah, of course. It. of course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of course. You got selected for something else though. Yep. Uh, at, at about half, about ten years in, I decided I wanted to go the flight school and warrant officer route. Uh, so I put in my application for that and. And lo and behold, got, got selected, and we moved to Lower Alabama. Fort Rucker. Fort Rucker. Fort yeah. Novacil now. 
Uh, oh, no kidding. They changed the name of that place, too. They did. Okay. Fort yeah. what? Novacell. Okay. That sounds like it, a medication. It, it does. I, <laughs> like I had like this skin disorder and they put Novacell on it. I, I was thinking more like hemorrhoids because uh, you know, <laughs> being in the Army mercy. is kind of a pain, right? Oh, my God. There's your social media clip right there. Uh, Lord. So um, go to flight school and you come out. What airframe were you, they put you on? I, well, I, I selected the OH-58 Delta Kiowa Warrior, yep. the little scout platform the Army had at the time. Yep. So I was I did well enough in school that I was able to select my airframe. Yeah, I got Man, to see. Yeah, cool. I got to see a lot of those in Iraq. They had rockets on them too. They did. Yeah, it's fantastic. Hey, we're getting ready to head into break. Hear some, hear from some of the folks that keep us on the air, and so you're listening to putting the pieces back together, and we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Thanks for tuning in. There's more Putting the Pieces Back Together with John Galena and Brad Borders on the way from 1059 100.7 WSIC. Now, back to Putting the Pieces Back Together with your hosts, John Galena and Brad Borders on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Hey, welcome back to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. And I just scared the devil dog. <laughs> it was a little more enthusiastic than your outro. Oh, my a, outro. Yeah, my yeah. outro was a little more subdued. Yeah, I thought you were on NPR or something. I didn't know what was going be. on. I was could like, Yes, are, could are be. we doing that that skit again we could, today? We I could do that skit. That skit works every single I, time. I don't. I don't enjoy that skit. Honestly, <laughs> <You don't? laughs> I don't listen to NPR for a reason. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about the uh, SNL version. The uh, SNL is uh, quite hilarious. Yeah, and and uh, probably not FCC friendly. <laughs> probably so let's not. not. Wait, not. Wait a minute, they did that live on TV, so you know they didn't. That's actually true. They did. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, enough of that. So, uh, hey, we are with Chief Warrant Officer Three, retired, no doubt, Toby Famolo. Man, I got it right. Good job. Oh, oh right. so. I, I was uh, I was waiting him to give you the thumbs up, yeah. the thumbs down, like I'm, Caesar. Like, I didn't I was, know. I really had to think about it. I'm in cognitive decline, anyhow. Right. So I really had to think about it. And, and Devin had me all messed up, like all day. Right. So uh, anyhow, I must have said it seven different ways. Yeah, seven. I don't know how you say it seven different ways, but you did. Right? You want me to rattle down the list? Yeah. <laughs> You probably say it seven new ways. That's, uh, that's right. That's right. So anyway, but, but we don't want to confuse our uh, our our listeners anymore. So <laughs> that's right. They're already confused. So uh, I, I was wondering if you could explain to the audience what a chief warrant officer is, or what a warrant officer in general is, because. You know, I was in the Marine Corps, and uh, I'm still not quite sure. They're, they're unicorns. <laughs> right, yeah. No, they're not unicorns. <laughs> there, oh. there are a few out there. Um, yeah, so the Army, the Navy, and the Marine Corps all have warrant officers. I don't believe the Air Force does. But essentially, uh, it, cool. it, it's an in-between <laughs> in being enlisted and being a commissioned officer. If you have a specific job where they want you to go to some specialized training, become an officer— but not follow the leadership path, be more of a technical path, mm-hmm. then that's what a warrant officer, uh, what its role is. And in, in the Army, the, the more warrant officers are aviation, are pilots, helicopter pilots, which is a very specific task. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that you have to be a warrant officer or a commission officer to be a pilot, where the majority of them are warrant officers. There are warrant officers in the special forces realm as well, and yeah. are typically sign, assigned at the team level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's guys who made it made it maybe to E seven. They were getting ready to be E eight, and they didn't want to. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to go the the career path route as enlisted, and so they. Then they go to warrant officer school and then become they, – they, and they, essentially they get to stay on a team for a really long time, and they really love it. And anytime you ever meet a warrant officer, right, you always listen because there's going to be a great story. <laughs> I mean, immediately a great story. There's one coming for sure. So, uh, and there's a lot of hands in the pockets, and uh, PT is optional. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's what I've been told. So, but anyhow, hey, so you flew uh, the Kiowa helicopter. It does not have wheels on the bottom of it. It's skids. It is skids. Real yeah. helicopters have skids. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's You're welcome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, you graduated with honors, I'm sure. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and then so what was your what was your first unit? Where where did you head off to? So I uh, graduated in August of '08 and went straight back to Fort Bragg to 117 Cav. Okay. Part of the 82nd yep. Cab uh, Combat Aviation Brigade. So I, it, it was interesting. So I was at Fort Bragg the day that the Kiowas left Fort Bragg for the last time and flew in formation over the top of everybody. I didn't know it was getting ready to happen, but then I saw all these guys. Yeah, so yeah. That, that was later on. Uh, you know, Fort Bragg was the last Kiowa unit that the, in, that the Army held on to uh, before they were officially retired. Yeah. My last flight in the Army, well, I was stationed at Fort Drum, we were the second to last unit that had Kiowas left, and my last flight in the Army was flying that thing from my, my flight of 10 helicopters in my, my troop. Flew from Fort Drum to New York down to Davis Montham Air Force Base in Arizona. It took us five days across the country. Oh, holy cow. Yeah, and it was, it was the most fun flying that I've ever had in the United States. How many aircraft were part of that formation? Ten. No kidding. There were ten of us. Yeah, I bet people on the ground were just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. We're being invaded. Yeah, right. Yeah. Holy cow. But it was a lot of fun. Sad sad and fun. Yeah, it, it no was, kidding. Mm, no kidding. That was the last thing I did in the Army, aviation-wise. Yeah. So you, uh, back to 2008, you, you graduated flight school, went to back to Bragg. Uh, linked up with your unit. I'm I'm guessing pretty shortly after that, you guys pushed out. We did. Overseas. We already so that was August. We already knew that we were leaving next spring. Uh, so it was we hit the ground running with uh, new pilots when they show up to units they have to go through uh, readiness level progression training. It's called. You go from not being you know out of flight school. You know how to fly the helicopter. You know all the basics and minimal information. But then when you get to your unit. The instructor pilots at your unit teach you how to actually employ that helicopter the mm-hmm. way it's designed to be yeah. and be good at your job and support the ground guys. So we go through all that training, uh, and we deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan, in April of 2009. Mm-hmm. So just a few months later on. Wow. Mm. And so um, nine-month rotation? It was 12. It, it was, was 12. Yeah, April okay. of uh, 10 is when we returned. So it was a solid 12 months. Okay. Yeah, and what? And you were flying out of Kandahar. We were uh, Mustang ramp over on the the north side of Kandahar airfield, so we didn't really have to deal with the the airstrip itself. We had our own uh, air traffic uh, instructions just to get in and out of over the fence and yeah, because there's out. a lot of big stuff coming yeah, in. Yeah, it, it kept yeah. us from having to interfere with with all the big airplanes. Yeah, yeah, well, that's um, yeah, that's awesome. So we had our own little ramp up there in the corner, own little chow hall, uh, right. Our CPs, everything was right there. It was pretty self-enclosed. 
and it would just fly around all RC South for a year, having just, fun. Just a whole camp full of warrant officers, huh? Yeah, oh, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that's like. Yeah. Uh, shenanigans <laughs> abound, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, when, there when is. You, where you yeah. can't find anyone. <laughs> yeah. So I'll quickly tell you a, a funny warrant officer story. Please. Is one of our platoon leaders at the time, a super awesome guy. Uh, I was actually in flight school with him, and he came to my unit at the same time. We, uh, <laughs> before redeploying that year later, the warrant officers all got together and we started stuffing batteries in all of his gear, like little double <laughs> A's, triple A's. And I'm talking like a thousand oh it scattered God. everywhere. That like 10 years later, when I talked to this guy, when he was PCSing, he was still finding batteries falling <laughs> out of his gear. <laughs> That's Outstanding. Awesome. <laughs> That's outstanding. That is so Why is my gear so heavy? <laughs> what is going on? What is going on with all these batteries? I mean, I thought I had sand everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. Batteries. Yeah. So the Kiowa originally was like a forward observer type aircraft, right? For artillery, correct? Yeah, it was. Uh, back in the late 60s is when they, in Vietnam, was when they started employing that for the first time, the Alpha Chuck models. And it was uh, no weapon systems on it. It really yeah. was uh, a single pilot. Uh, flying around as an observer and calling in targets and, yeah. and drawing fire, dropping smoke. And they would have a uh, forward observer, an enlisted guy riding around with them, one of the crew chiefs. Or uh, And then I, I can't tell for sure. I couldn't tell you how accurate this is, but Hugh Mills uh, wrote the book Low Level Hell. And he talks about him being one of the first guys to put a weapon system on the Kiowa. He just like duct tape it to it like... Uh, pretty much mounted yeah. it so that he's flying and he's got this rifle hanging out that he can shoot at the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, he just <laughs> made it himself. It, yeah. Wow. Uh, and and that morphed into, in the 80s, they did a whole revamp of the Kiowa uh, mm -hmm. and put the mass-mounted sight on it. And then they started putting the weapon systems on it. And it went, for more, it went through more upgrades by the time I was flying it, the Delta model. Uh, and we would carry... It, rockets and we had a 50, 50 cal machine gun and hellfire missiles. No, um, oh yeah, that's some serious uh, firepower right there. Yeah, yes. we couldn't carry a lot. It, it's a big joke, uh, but we knew how to use what little we could right. carry quite well. <laughs> You're like, I'm okay, and I'm out. Uh, right? I mean, sometimes, just, yeah. So I mean, so our, our little dot on the windscreen was our aiming apparatus <laughs> right, right. called a pipper. The Pipper. Yeah. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not joking. A little grease, little grease mark on our windshield is what we'd use to aim. So just, wow. did you just draw it on there? Yeah, we all, we all, <laughs> we did. And awesome. we all got good enough to know about where it was. And you go out and test fire and you confirm, yep, that's, that's oh, yeah. where it is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No computerized heads up display. That, just a sharpie marker and a little X. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't Marines flying that. They would have ate that thing, the, <laughs> the, the crayon that you colored that thing on with. That's well, <laughs> <laughs> you would know. You would know. So, and so primarily a uh, close air support mission, like guys would call in and go, hey, we're having a bad day. Come help us. Yeah. A lot of scouting, a lot of reconnaissance, yeah. uh, a lot of going and helping guys out when they got in trouble. Um, we would fly around even on, on slow days. If nothing was going on, we would simply just fly around to make noise and it made, made guys feel safe. And yeah. Uh, if something comes up, we were already out there ready to, to react. You know, I've always said feeling safe is better than not feeling safe. <laughs> did you always I would say agree. that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. Wow. wow, how prolific. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I, the profundity is coming. Wow. So, 
What was the name of that? The, what was the name of the thing on the windshield? What was it called? The Pipper? Pipper. The uh, Pipper. It yeah, was yeah. my punk band in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, the Pippers. So, <laughs> <laughs> or the official thing is, is it's an acronym, A-B-R-M, the Aerial Ballistic Reference Mark. No, oh, wow. That's right. yeah, oh, that yeah, sounds, I like uh, it. Yeah. Uh, that's Some a... warrant officer went, yeah, we're going to call it that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we are getting ready to come up to break. You have been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. we got our guest, Toby Famolo, on the show today. He flew helicopters all said over the world. Right. Man, I said it right. And we're really excited to have him here. This show is brought to you by Purple Heart Homes. You can go check us out at our website at phhusa.org. We're going to take a break and listen to some of our awesome sponsors to keep us on the air. We're just really glad that you're with us, and we'll see you here in a few minutes. Keep it right here. Putting the pieces back together with John Galena and Brad Borders will return after these messages on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. It's putting the pieces back together with John Galena and Brad Borders on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to Putting the Pieces Back Together presented by Purple Heart Homes. Uh, we are live with Toby Familiar. Yeah. Dang it! I, every time yeah. uh, we, we are live with Chief Warrant Officer from the Army, Toby, Toby. Fe, fe, Femi, Flinderson. Yeah, <laughs> we're live with a guest who really deserves to have a host that could say his name that's correctly. Exactly right. How that's, about this, a, Toby Famolo? Welcome, Famolo. Yes, welcome, sir. sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, uh, hey, during the. <laughs> During the break, we had a secret <laughs> caller call in. Uh, for those of you listening live, uh, we have on the line Chris Benson of Troops Hall Junk. Chris, how are you today? Did, did we lose Chris? Did we lose Chris? Doing, uh, doing good, sir. How you oh, doing? there he is. <laughs> we had the Jeopardy <laughs> thing going. That was fantastic. Wow. Thanks, Joe. Well played, Joe. Yeah, it's good. Well, Hello, Brad. Evan, hear me? Yeah, yes, we got we you, man. You. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. We can hear you. Awesome. Got so you. we've got uh, you two guys joined together via electronic uh, means, and uh, there's a really cool connection in this story, and I'll, I'll let you guys kind of go from there and how, how in the world you guys didn't serve in the same unit, but somehow you guys served together. So let's hear what happened. Hey, Chris. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Tubby. Good to, good to see you on here. Yeah, thank you. So when, when Lisa and I first moved back to North Carolina about six years ago, we, we rented a house for a year as we were house hunting. And about five years ago, we, we bought a house uh, that needed a little bit of work, a little bit of, of help. Uh, it was a lot to do. So I, one of the things that I needed help with was cleaning up my yard and cleaning up, like the previous owners had left some a bunch of trash out in the woods and things like that. Uh, so I it was, came across a veteran-owned local company Mm-hmm. that can help with that sort of thing, yard work and junk removal. Uh, so I messaged them, I, probably over Facebook, I believe it was. And lo and behold, it was Chris Benson uh, who came out and uh, was able to help me out quite a bit. And it, it, We hit it off right away. We got chatting about our military time. 
uh, and, and figured out that we were both uh, in Afghanistan at the same time yeah. uh, in one of our deployments. Yeah. No kidding. And does it go any further than that? It does. <laughs> Chris, I'll let you. It's Chris, almost as if you knew already. Yeah, Chris, yeah, take it from there. Tell everybody else about that story. Not only were you there at the same time, but some other cool stuff happened. He, yeah, so, so yeah, so Toby here, just like he said, we met through him needing some help at his, at his home, and uh, we got to talking, and sure enough, we were there at the same time in the same location. We were in the Kunar province of Afghanistan and RC East. I was in the uh, 112 Infantry Battalion with the 4th Infantry Division out of Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, Toby here was with the 82nd, and uh, we did not know each other at all during the time. Uh, he, we just knew him by his call sign of Seamus, that, <laughs> and, and, and we knew when we had troops in contact, which was, if you know, Toby can, Toby can uh, agree almost every day, every other day where we were, um, we would have to have air support come in. Uh, we were in a pretty he- heavy, uh, pretty heavy fire, heavy fire area. So it was um, Alpha Company 112. Um, but he would come up into our AO uh, pretty regularly under those situations, and he'd provide provide a uh, air support. And um, you know, I like to say that you know some heroes wear capes, but others have Hellfire missiles and 50 cal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Toby, <laughs> Toby would come here. He'd come in low. He'd, he'd buzz the tower. Uh, he'd come in with Hellfires blazing and, you know, really, really gave it to him and, and kept it, uh, kept us safe. And we definitely, uh, you know, I probably even owe him, you know, up to my life, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, all the people in my platoon that he, he kept us safe when they when we heard them coming. We knew that we were all right. Oh, that is awesome. awesome! Wow, what a great story! That is a great story. I, I, I he Toby had uh, this really cool photo, and I was trying to get it and put it in the comments, but I I just can't get get it to cooperate. So uh, everybody's listening right now. You got to go back and and look at the comments later. We're gonna have. A, a cool photo that Toby took from his helicopter of where uh, Chris Benson oh, no was uh, stationed at. Yeah. Oh, so you were like up doing selfies in the <laughs> Kiowa? <laughs> no. Like, yeah, what's up? Hey. Man, I didn't even know y'all had TikTok over there. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we had a great time there. <laughs> part of part of being a a scout. Yeah. We carried cameras with oh, yeah, us everywhere. There you go. Uh, yeah. All the time. They were they were decent cameras too. Where and we would use them take pictures of a lot of things. Uh, and, and go back and uh, that night scan through it and continue our reconnaissance even though we're back at the, yeah. at the base. Oh, wow. Um, I can hear Chris right now. Seamus! Seamus! Well, <laughs> I tell you, you know, earlier I, we, I talked about how I was yeah. in Canterbury for a year, but this time we spent another year in JBAD uh, mm-hmm. and flying up and down to RC East in the Kunar. And where Chris was, OP Bariali is way up north. Mm-hmm. Um, up near Camdash and up near Bostic, and it, like it's it's pretty close to the Pakistan border. Yeah, it's it, remote. It's, it's north yeah. up there, and those are the guys that we love supporting because uh, there's only a few of them sitting on this tiny little mountaintop in the middle of uh, nowhere, yeah. uh, surrounded by bad guys all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we every time that we we're in the area, we always call them on the radio, check in. Hey, how's it going? What do you need? <laughs> Um, something, awesome. something Chris probably doesn't know about. I've never told him this, but uh, th- there was a pretty uh, special area that that we routinely would go check out. That was just behind his little op. If you go up a ridge and over a mountaintop, and there was an enemy training camp, mm-hmm. uh, not all too far from where he was. And I don't know if he even knows yep. that or not. 
Uh, but we would fly over there and check that out all the time, uh, yeah. make sure guys weren't running around and trying to get right. down to to where Chris was. Yeah, well, oh my gosh! I believe man. the name was Hajibad. Is that ring a bell? I, I think uh, there's a lot of them named that. Well, Chris, man. thank you so much for joining us. And and again, Chris, how how can people uh, reach out to uh, Troops All Junk? Oh, yeah, troopshalljunk.com here locally, 704-800-4285, uh, but at a national level to speak to us as the co-founders. Just reach out online, troopshalljunk.com, or shoot us an email at chris at troopshalljunk.com, and uh, we'll get you fixed up and let you get some information about our franchise opportunity. Man, that's awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us, buddy. Appreciate you, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you all. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. Cool. So I got to know, um, you know, everybody, all the pilots get call signs, nicknames. So where where did uh, Seamus come from? Yeah, so um, back in the United States, like 117 Cavalry proper, I was in bootleg troop. So my call sign at home was bootleg 11. Uh, but whenever we deployed, we had a deployed call sign mm-hmm. that was assigned to us in that area. Uh, and that's where Seamus came up. Oh, so it was just a random thing. Yeah, our uh, prior to our Kandahar deployment, our... The squadron, our task force commander, that's what he selected, our call sign to be. And, okay. you know, several deployments It subsequent. wasn't like a derogatory nickname, like, you know, nope. like, oh, he's Italian. We're going to give him an Irish yeah, name. Yeah, I kept no, thinking that's so a very the, Irish sounding name there. All the <laughs> all the Kiowas in Task Force 117, we all had Seamus call signs. And then the number was assigned to our aircraft. Like if uh, I flew whatever specific aircraft had Seamus 7-2. Right. was my call sign that day. Got it. It, was, it wasn't individually signed. It was aircraft assigned. But then when we're back in the States, then we had our own individual call signs. Right. Okay. Oh, no kidding. I, I didn't have any idea that that's how that worked. Man. Uh, yeah, you, it, and it could have been worse. It could have been shame on us. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah no, with the dad oh, jokes. Oh, man. Wow. The engineer is getting ready to turn off your mic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really cool. I mean, so it's different from the Air Force. The Air Force, they give yeah. – everybody's got a you know individual call sign. It's not assigned to an aircraft. It's assigned to a person, you know, Maverick, Goose, that kind of – or the I Navy. I think maybe and, and that's just the warrant officers being, being even more incognito. Just rebels. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> rebels all the way. Well, some guys had individual call signs that we – made up unofficially and gave right. to them. Yeah. Oh, oh. They, yeah. And they would get stickers on their helmets for sure. that. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Sure. Are they okay. FCC-friendly call signs? Well, I, one of them, <laughs> I, I'll give you one, his call sign was, was Deuce. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've uh, you've been listening to putting the pieces back together. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out what Deuce means during that break. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we will. Catch us back in just a few minutes. More Putting the Pieces Back Together with John Galena and Brad Borders coming up on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Call now to speak with John Galena and Brad Borders at 844-STUDIO-4. It's Putting the Pieces Back Together on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Good. (laughs) 
You're back at uh, <laughs> listening to Posing Pieces back together. I am off my meds, according to our our greatest listener, Mandy Timberlake. Uh, and Did put, you just uh, say listening to putting the pieces back together? Listening the pieces back together? I have no idea. You are listening to putting the pieces back together, presented by Purple Heart Holmes. Very nice. Yeah. Job, if you want to know more about uh, Purple Heart Holmes, go to phhusa.org. That is fantastic. And you can find out how we help uh, and assist veterans every day with their housing needs. You got a project of the week this week? Uh, you know what? I, I don't have a project of the week that we have completed, but we have a project that uh, that we still could use a lot of help with. Mm. Um, there's there's a house out in Iron Station. And, uh, Iron Station. Yeah, man. It is. Uh, yeah, it, if you don't know where Iron Station is, you can't get there from here. That's right. But uh, down in Cherub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 not that far away. About an hour away from uh, from where we're located. And we went out there. Um, I went out there with uh, our project manager Lamar Austin and uh, Joel Dalton. Uh, a donations coordinator and and we took a look at this fella's roof and if we were to take his roof off the yes. whole house was going to collapse oh, yes yeah. yeah and so we we got to talking and and while we did have somebody to repair the roof um uh, that just wasn't going to work, and so Lamar has has beat the drum Man, out there in the cow. community. He's been doing a great and, job. Uh, Joel, too. Joel, yeah, and uh, and a, yeah. every everybody has been coming together. Yeah. Uh, I think eighteen different contractors and community members, associations have signed on so far to help out. But we could still use a little help because we're going to have to take this house all the way to the ground and rebuild yeah. it for this veteran. Yeah, um, and he's he's just the most charismatic. Uh, uh, guy that that I mean he he's just so humble. Um, he was he's excited to to to, to have a, a light on his back porch and his front porch. Yeah, right, I mean right. that's the kind of uh, humble yeah. he is. Um, and so if uh, you want to help out with that project or or help out. Uh, any veteran uh, that's that's in your area or across the country, we're helping veterans in 46 states in Puerto Rico. Go to phhusa.org. We sure could use your help. And uh, yeah, yes, man, awesome. That was awesome. well done. Oh well, thank you. That's about the only thing I've done well today. <laughs> <laughs> We're listening the pieces back together. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. uh, so we really got to get back on those meds. We got a new show we're doing. Hey, uh, we've been joined the entire show by our good friend Toby Famolo. Oh, oh wow. yeah. nice. I, I've I've just abandoned yeah. trying to say Toby's yeah. last name. It's a... uh, Toby. I'm, one of the things that we when we have veterans on that that are no longer serving, right? We have some that are still in, but. Um, man, what was uh, transitioning out of the military like for you? you know, talk, talk to that a little bit. Was there some struggles that you went through, and you know, what's all, what does that all look like? Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's certainly not uh, an easy process. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of differences going from career military uh, into the civilian world. Yeah. Uh, it, it, my first job out of the army was flying for the New York State Police. Uh, then I did a little contract work, and then I was flying EMS. And the flying's pretty similar, uh, yeah. but dealing with people and organizations and, and culture, that culture yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is certainly different. Um, one of the biggest things that I had to relearn was in the military, everything, you are helping the people to your left and your right. Everything you do, they're counting on you to be successful. They're your peer, and you have to take care of each other. 
And that also means keeping each other accountable. Yeah. Whereas in the civilian world, um, it's not as easy to keep each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Sitting through HR briefs where yeah. they tell you, hey, if the guy next to you isn't doing the right thing, you can't say anything to him about that. Go tell your supervisor mm-hmm. and let the let them deal with it. And that's that was foreign to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, versus like is. what is wrong with just telling somebody, hey, dude, why don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we called it on-the-spot correction. Yeah, right? police your own. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you don't police your own, we're going to do it for you. You don't want. Yeah, to, and when uh, it when it's done correctly, um, it it can be a very uh, empowering. Um, you know, I've had I've numerous times where you know, I mean, I was, I was an officer, but I had NCOs like, "Hey, sir, come here for a second. You know, yeah. you need to dress that up, right? right? And, and there's nothing no, wrong not, with that. It's it's not hostile. Not. It's no, not hostile at all. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it's not acceptable in the civilian world to do yeah, stuff right, like that. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, you kind of have to navigate your way out of that. Any uh, any struggles with um, you know just having to do the stuff you did, and you know lingering thoughts about that. Uh, over over the years, yeah, uh, I think it's pretty uh, pretty common. I, I occasionally have had uh, more so in the past than now, but nightmares and yeah, sure, a lot of recurring memories and and you're in a mentality, uh, especially when you're in a position where you are out fighting and and doing uh, quite drastic, deadly things, uh, yeah. which becomes routine. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then coming home and reflecting on that, and you're not the same. Per- I'm not the same person now that I was Agreed. ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, so you, you start to question some things, uh, and and it is a it's a it's a learning curve for sure. I, I always used uh, to get worried about. Um, I was more worried about uh, you know the the soldiers who didn't grapple with the fact that they were going to take another human's life. Mm. You know, it was like if they if they approached it from a very nonchalant uh, point of view. Um, I, that w- that w- always worried me. It wasn't the guys who wrestled with it that I was more concerned about because I realized that their moral compass was on straight. Because human beings, we we were not we were not designed originally to kill one another, right? Absolutely you know, not. That yeah. that's been an invention that 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 power and struggle and you know the scarcity mindset of I got to keep mine has has created. And so, um, you know, I just know. I mean, you know, f- launching deadly you know munition from a from an airframe. Um, you know, I, I can imagine what, what that might have felt like, you know, in the heat of it, you don't think about it, right? Because you got to do your you, deal. You don't. You're right. You don't. Yeah, uh, but, but the, you know, it's the it's the downtime later where you're because like on the other end of that, you know, some family lost a dad absolutely. or a brother. Or, you know, I mean, and I, that can be that can be really difficult. And, and so uh, um, that's not there's no easy answer for that. Right? True. There, there really isn't. And, and so I, I know. A lot of soldiers uh, wrestle with that after they've had to do that. So uh, I hope that that, for you, I hope that that, that ongoing transition, because it, it really never stops. Correct. It, it is forever. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's still ongoing uh, for me. And I have reached out to the VA uh, in Salisbury. There's a hospital, and I've attended yep. counseling programs. Yep. Uh, to help me deal with some thoughts. I'm going uh, tomorrow. And it's it's been very yeah. helpful for me. Yeah. Because um, there are resources, and I, I, I really wanted to get to that because we don't just, um, you know, stay stuck uh, in our. If, if we're going to keep moving forward in life and be the human that that we want to be, and we find ourselves at a place where we need we need some help, we got we got to reach out to those resources. Yeah, you're, nobody's alone. You're never alone. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to let everybody know that we we've got another reboot class starting up 
uh, February 20th at Purple Heart Homes. If you're a veteran, you've seen some stuff or done some stuff that maybe bugs you. Uh, you're looking for a community of people to plug into and some real practical tools. You can you can find out more about Reboot at RebootRecovery.com, and we'll be starting that class on February 20th. You just got to sign up. It's free. Doesn't cost anything, and you get a get a uh, you get a nice meal out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a fantastic class. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I did not want to go no, you to did the not. class. No, and, you did and, not. And Brad beat me up for a couple not. of years. <laughs> I, a couple of years. I, I, I mean, not physically beat me up. I browbeat you. Browbeat me, I yes. I put you in the emotional yeah, headlock. You put me in the emotional headlock. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and, and uh, I got to tell you that I'm, I'm glad that I went. And, uh, I'm glad you went, too. Yeah. yeah. That's that good. So, uh so, um, so what, what's, uh, what's next for you, man? I mean, we got, we're coming down the final few minutes of the show. Tell us what's, what's going on in your life now that that's got you jazzed up and, and positive and, and heading in the right direction. This right here. Yeah. Being uh, here with you guys. Awesome, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is awesome. I, I'm, I'm going, I'm pretending to be retired right now is what I tell people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and doing, seeing what volunteer opportunities exist locally, helping out around the house. Yeah. The kids. Supporting my wife's career, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that's you awesome. you mention your wife, and that, that's funny that you mention your wife because uh, we we t- always talk about how uh, the military service affects veterans, but uh, we sometimes forget to talk about how it affects the rest of the family. Oh yeah, um, you're, when you're you're serving and and you're married to to someone, uh, they're serving with you. Their families. Your yeah. family serving with you, of course, and uh, because of that, we're actually going to have a very special guest next, next week. week. Yeah, yeah. Who, who is that, Toby? That would be Lisa Famolo. <laughs> you know, I will have it down by next week. <laughs> my wife and we, uh, she, we've been married the entire time I've been in the service. Yeah. We were both nineteen when we got married. Mm. Uh, the whole classic story. I went to basic training, came home, and got married, and we. We've lived our life, and she went through all the deployments and she took care of everything at home. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck with you, yeah. And that's going to. This is the first time we've done that. We've had husbands and wives on the mm-hmm. show, but we we wanted to focus this whole week just on Toby's story. Next week, if you tune back in, we're going to have Lisa on. She's going to be where Toby is in that chair, and we're going to hear <laughs> everything from her perspective. And I think that's Absolutely. really going to be cool. Yeah, that'll be our Valentine's Day special. It will yeah. be our Valentine's Day special. She put up with Toby for, for uh, how many years now? T- too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> so, yeah, before we sign off, we thanks, Toby, for being here. We appreciate Thank you. you. Lisa, we're looking forward to having you next week. I want everybody to remember February 12th is the uh, – it's going to be the anniversary of us losing Dale Beatty um, in 2018. Six years now. It's hard to believe. But uh, if you would, next uh, next Tuesday – on uh, February 12th, if you just say a little prayer. Is it not Tuesday? Mondays. Monday. Oh, Monday's yeah, the 12th. Yeah, it's, okay. it's Monday. Say a little prayer for Dale and his family Absolutely. and, and uh, all those that left behind and the impact that he had on veterans all over the country. So, Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you listening this week. Devin, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you've been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. Bye. You've been listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, brought to you by Purple Heart Homes. Please consider making a donation to this worthwhile cause dedicated to improving the lives of veterans one home at a time by visiting purpleheartholmesusa.org. Join us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for Putting the Pieces Back Together on WSIC News Talk Now. 
The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.